Welcome back, everyone, to Gritty Leaders Podcast. Ben and I are here in the studio in Gritty Leaders headquarters. Ben, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Ian. Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. Had a swim today. Feel really chipper. So that's good. And we're talking about non-negotiables, aren't we? We are. It's. I'm hearing more and more about non-negotiables. I used to hear about values and core values, and of course, that's you know that's part of the the fabric, isn't it? But non-negotiables seems to be becoming more and more of a topic. They're they're more black and white. They're very clear. So there's a there's a subtle difference. Subtle difference there. I think. Uh, what comes to your mind, Ian? Well, when I was thinking about non-negotiables, I was my mind started to wander in, into stories, personal stories, which I'm sure we'll talk about today when we've been in leadership teams uh, or indeed in clients about non-negotiables, but also stories that people might know or recognize um, from the outside world, from <clears throat> celebrities or um, CEOs. And the one I thought I'd start off with, which is, I think, an interesting one, just to share a story is a really powerful story I think between Steve Jobs who was of course the legendary founder of Apple and Bob Iger and I think it was you actually sent me Bob Iger's book a few years back and it's an amazing book actually Ride of a Lifetime as a fan of of Steve Jobs um, I've read numerous ones on, on his life And there was a story that came up in both books, actually, from two different perspectives, which I kind of have put together. It's when Disney bought Pixar and Bob Iger and Steve Jobs have been friends for some years and had a great relationship when Bob Iger was um, not yet the CEO. And when Bob Iger became CEO, what he wanted to do was buy Pixar because he recognized that Disney animation was not in a great place and Pixar were the foremost company in this space. And so he approached Steve Jobs and says, look, what about it? I want to want to buy Pixar. What do you think? And after some negotiation, um, Steve Jobs said yes. So here we are now at Pixar's headquarters with Bob Iger and some other key people from both companies just about to walk on stage and announce to the world, to the waiting press, that Disney had acquired Pixar and just before that happened, Steve Jobs said to Bob Iger, do you mind if we go for a walk? And Bob Iger thought, what, now? But he did, of course, and he went for a walk with Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs was famous for taking people for walks and chatting, and that's the way he coached and mentored and talked to people. So they went off and they sat on a bench, and Steve Jobs said, I need to tell you, before we get this over the line, something that once I tell you, you might want to cancel and pull out of this acquisition. And he said, oh, what is it? And he said, I've got pancreatic cancer and I've only got a few years to live. Wow, what a poignant story. And of course he was right. And Bob Iger went ahead with it. They actually told the CFO, that was the only other person they told. And Steve Jobs had only told his wife and his surgeon was the other person who knew. So it was quite a big thing for him to do. But I I reflected on that story, which I, I find that story tells me so much about Jobs, Iger, the relationship, uh, human nature and so on. Um, but also the kind of the question there about was that on the spur of the moment, Steve Jobs non-negotiable? Was that something about 
what he felt at the time. Had he thought about it? Could he have told it before? But what I do know about Jobs and the way he acted, he was very upfront. He was very in your face. He would tell you things and really wouldn't hold back. And he was quite different in that way. So perhaps a good way into the whole subject of non-negotiables, Ben. What do you think about that? I think it is a good way in because I don't know whether that was Steve Jobs' values showing up. Uh, whether it was non-negotiable or or not in the sense that the obvious non-negotiable could be, you know, complete honesty, radical honesty. But I've not heard that he ever communicated that through his organisation or or team. Uh, But maybe the non-negotiable, if there is one here, would be to be upfront was that, were those words you you just used? He was incredibly upfront. Yeah, I can imagine maybe that was a non-negotiable of his. Uh, whatever I do, whoever I'm talking to, whatever the circumstance, I'll be really upfront. And I, I recognise that. Uh, I think in in other stories I've I've heard of Steve Jobs, Elon Musk. I mean, not often Ian you choose Elon Musk, um, and I'm glad you didn't this time because. I'm the ex-rocket scientist, and so I should be able to choose the uh, the, the, the rocket scientist uh, for, for my examples. Elon's got some non-negotiables, and and I think they're really recognisable. Ambitious goals, excellence, innovation, and relentless pursuits are non-negotiables. And I think if if I was going for a job with Elon in his organisation somewhere, I'd I'd already know that these things are going to be non-negotiable. That's interesting, isn't it? Because it becomes a reason to go and work for an organisation. You kind of have a feeling about their non-negotiables, as well as their values and their culture, before you rock up. At least you should have. And a lot of it's now you know, on the website, on, the, on social media. You get that impression when you go and see people at an interview. What does this company stand for? Am I going to fit in? Am I going to fit with their non-negotiables? Um, Really important questions. How am I going to operate here? How am I going to have impact here? It really starts to inform that topic. And it's been powerful for for Elon, hasn't it? We look at the achievements of each of his his companies and we we can see these at at play. The goals are always ambitious. We can see exactly how those teams have been both innovative but just continually strive for for excellence and they've got a particular understanding of what excellence means and the relentless pursuit as well we certainly see certainly see that don't we like many people i've looked at the is it netflix i can't remember but there's a series on elon musk and uh, i vividly i recall now a um a discussion with um, some board members and their hr director a lady i can't remember her name and they're talking he's talking about what he expects of people who join tesla rather than pay spacex but i guess it could be either actually and he's saying you know i don't want people who are going to throw everything at this job i don't want people who want to come along and do an eight-hour day and go home that's not what i'm looking for i'm looking for people to throw everything at this job as i do and he's you know legendary for sleeping under the desk and putting everything on on the table etc and you know he was very open and transparent about that you know if you want a job here this is what you got to, this is what i expect because this is what i'm trying to do 
and and you and you can make the choice you know you can make the choice i want to go and work for a company like that or i don't and i guess what it does is it galvanizes a team around a leader absolutely and what the leader finds most important however this podcast is not for the spacex's <laughs> the pixar's the disney's of the world this podcast is for the gritty leaders in and founders in scale-up companies. So let's talk about non-negotiables that they might have for themselves and they might have for their their teams. I guess we've both done this, so I guess we can we can start with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this was an interesting one because I think a, a straw poll is interesting. When I was again reflecting on this, looking back at the organisation I ran for nine years, and then the businesses. I've worked with, you know, which I don't know how many it goes to, but large corporates when I started and then SMEs now, I don't think, I can't recall any of them having written down a list of non-negotiables. What they do have written down is a set of values, and this is where they cross over, of course. But did I know what the non-negotiables were? Absolutely, I did. Whether it was my team or whether I was, you know, a consultant or a coach for a team, it became very clear after a while what the non-negotiables were. And this for me is why non-negotiables is an important topic uh, and quite a new topic, I think. Um, Values, ultra important, and they sit in the background of, of decisions. They help us to make judgments. Often they operate in in combination. Generally, they're organization-wide uh, as well. Non-negotiables, they're far more black and white. They're aligned to not be crossed. They don't require thinking about. They don't inform judgment. They just are. It is how it is. And I think they're not necessarily organisation-wide. They work really well in a team. And it's also really powerful, I think, for uh, an individual leader to know their own non-negotiables. But but th- this point about the difference between uh, values and non-negotiables and how values are often written down and non-negotiables are known, super important. And then if we just take that to the next level and actually we do write them down and we do communicate them like Elon Elon has, super, super powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, when I was reflecting on it, I did think, well, why aren't people writing these down? Because um, they do become obvious and I you know uh, even a straw poll since we decided to do this podcast talking to people I'm coaching and saying in your leadership team have you written down non-negotiables and I haven't had one person say yes I said well do you know what they are and they yeah absolutely and they would trot them out but I thought Mm -hmm. do you know what it's a really interesting discussion to be having as a leader in your team let's just talk about Mm -hmm. them let's just make sure we're all aligned let's make sure we're on the right page I think a great discussion and one I will take forward now, actually, and bring into some of the companies I'm working with. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, so your question, I think, a couple of minutes ago was what what perhaps, you know, what are my non-negotiables that I've had? I've written them down now, I think, uh, and I reflected back on actually how I might have used them. Therefore, you know, what are they? I looked at stories and kind of way I'd acted and way I'd behaved and what I think they are to, to, to come up with them. I think, so I came up with um, a list that I think are personal, but I think I would have them 
in a leadership team if I ran a leadership team now. Also to distinguish, I actually had a longer list than six to start with. And then I realized, hang on a minute, I can't have all these non-negotiables. That must make me totally inflexible as a person. So I came back to six and then said, look, there's some other things which I've written down, which I would find perhaps difficult to live with. But it depended on the situation. It depended on how people behaved behind those. And I'll explain that maybe as I go through them. What are my non-negotiables? First of all, I would say betraying my trust or lying to me. I think that's a pretty central non-negotiable. And I, I immediately thought of a story where that happened to me in, uh, when I was a leader in a business and somebody outright lied to me. And it was a big thing and that I couldn't have that. I think a non-negotiable for me is also people in the leadership team, especially who would talk about others behind their back in a bad way and not address them up front. And for me, when I see anyone talking about others behind their back, I, I will immediately say, well, if you're doing that for them, you're doing that about me. And that's not a good trait. And I, I think it's not a positive trait for a leadership team. I then say fixed mindset. I think um, I don't think in a successful leadership team, you can have anyone with a fixed mindset. It's got to be a growth mindset. I think bullies, I wouldn't have a bully, whether that's in any shape or form. Uh, with pe- with people, whether that's uh, you know the way they talk, the way they act, uh, the words they use, the the way they look at people, whatever it is, bullying in the in the workplace, it's got no place. I think not standing up for the team, the leadership team in the decisions we might make in uh, when they walk out the room. I think that's a non-negotiable. And the final one I put down here was they've got to have a belief in our future. They've got to show a belief in our future. They've got to show some optimism and positivity about a belief in our future. It doesn't work for me having a leadership team with somebody. I I agree with realism. I agree with challenge. What I don't agree with is constant mood hoovering, as we might call it, or just, well, I don't think we can do that, or why are we trying that? I don't think that that works. So it's quite a long list, isn't it? But um, that's where I started, Ben. I'm surprised, Ian. I'm surprised uh, and curious because you've expressed most of those in the negative. Yeah. Yeah, and you actually said it. You said that wouldn't be positive for the team and you gave me the the negative, which is a bit unlike you. You tend to be positive and positive in your language. So how come? How come, how come you've chosen the negative here? You can look at the positive about any of those. So, you know, the team I want to work in has got great trust. We're open. We're transparent. We say it as it is to people up front. We have a growth mindset. We believe in diversity and everyone has a place. We are of one mind when we make a decision, even if we started at the outset with a different view. And we all have a belief in our future. So that's turning around that list into a positive But I suppose where I was coming from was the non-negotiable terminology says, if you do this, it's non-negotiable. Therefore, that's why I addressed it as a negative, because if you show up like this, that's a non-negotiable. So I suppose that was my reason for, for thinking about it in that way. But of course, turn it round and you see the culture I want in a leadership team. Yeah, um, I, I think of them as as calls to action. So I would naturally do it the other way around, you know, Elon, ambitious goals, excellence, innovation, relentless pursuit. Each of these is a is a call to to action, uh, and they energise 
I've limited myself to three for my team, partly because I think just as we have permission to play values, we have kind of permission to play non-negotiables. But my three, you know, for my team scaling up a company would be number one, be all in, number two, stretch, and number three, change the game. And what I mean by those, be all in, this is really quite meaningful for me. It works both ways. Be all into the team, believe in what we're doing, and 100% committed to it. Bring all of your resourcefulness, capability, brilliance to it. Equally, the team is all in for you. You know, we support you as an individual. We take the time to understand what your future looks like. So if you're going to make the team's dreams come true and through that the company's dreams come true, we also know how to make your own dreams come true. So this next three years uh, is equally impactful for the team and the company, but also for, for each of us as individuals. So it's a mutual be all in. And if either of us isn't, that for me is a non-negotiable. We have to be upfront. We need to we need to deal with that. And it's it's never a life sentence. People can be here, they can be massively impactful and it can be a massively impactful time for them. And at the end of that period, it's right that they make the choice at that point to go and have impact elsewhere if the two, you know, if we're not all in together. And I think it's so demanding scaling up a company. So how could we confidently do it if we were less than all in? So that's my first one. Stretch. This is because of all of my work with high performance in teams, world-class teams. The number one creator of performance in team is, is a demanding task, a task that makes us think, how are we going to do that? What's non-essential that we need to put to the side? And yeah, you know, having worked out how we're going to do that, we're going to work, we're going to work together to do it. So yeah, you know, that's that stretch. And this isn't about you know, I haven't chosen Elon's words, ambitious goals. And you know, and ambitious goals doesn't really capture just how epic an Elon Musk goal is. Um, I've chosen stretch because I think in a high-performing team in a scale-up company, they're always conscious of the stretch and they know and they can discuss and they can decide when do we need a new, really lofty, stretching, medium-term goal that is going to stimulate us away from three times thinking and into ten times thinking. And when are we actually, we're already stretched by, you know, the the period of growth or the period of change that we're in. Uh, but we need to tweak our stretch a little bit. We need to stretch ourselves in a, in a slightly different way to, you know, maintain the impact that we want to have right now. But it might be a small additional stretch. And equally, um, I want them to be thinking, cripes, we're overstretched here. Our landscape has, has changed and or something's happened. We're overextended right now. We're overstretched. If we carry on like this, 
we're going to burn ourselves out. And so we're going to reduce our stretch. So so for me, stretch is a non-negotiable, but in in those ways. And the third, change the game. This wraps up so much for me. There's, you know, there's a bit here around you know the mentality of 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 winning there's a little bit uh around around that there's a lot around learning but again this is you know a little bit similar to stretch this is about you know we're constantly going to be thinking how can we change our game how can we change the game we're in you know are we maximizing uh our potential uh here so I just I love the team to always be thinking is there a game changer we can have in our in our back pocket is it the right moment for that game changer right now so let's let's play that game changer it's a it's a nice way for me i think uh for that team to maximize its impact uh when it's already being all in it's already managing its stretch but it's taking the time also to you know frequently be asking itself what are the possible game changers here and is there one of these game changers that we could use right now fascinating because you know you you mentioned when i said about some are you'd consider them permission to play in the way that we look at values and it is interesting i you know i hadn't i hadn't considered looking at non-negotiables in the way you've looked at them which is fascinating. And we deliberately don't prep together, as people listen to this would know, so that we can have this sort of conversation. And, you know, I'm a big fan of stretch, unreasonable dreams. You know, it's my, it's my TEDx talk. And I believe it's absolutely essential, as you've outlined, to have in a leadership team when you start setting, you know, the vision and the goals and the ambitions for the, for the team and the organisation. So it's definitely there for me, but uh, I hadn't put it in my list of non-negotiables, which is fascinating. Tell me more about the be all in, because one of the things that uh, if anyone's listened to the Dom Gaynor interview, the CEO of um, Team Sport, one of the things I asked him is, how do you maintain any kind of balance when growing a business so successfully that he's done over the years, which is by any, you know, by any measure, extraordinary what he's done. And he said, you know, I will always switch off. I will always have a family life. I'll always have my my children at forefront and centre. Often when I'm doing a one-to-one with him, he's just dropped the kids off at school. And, you know, he manages to make that a a part of probably his non-negotiables, actually, to create that family, that health and fitness, and that growing a business in a some sort of balance. Balance is a difficult word to apply, and a lot of people use different words here, I know. But so I wonder, the be-all-in... Uh, which I've seen, I've seen somewhere else as well. I don't, not, not a, not, not. I don't think it's a Tesla one, but it's, it sounds quite scary to me when you say "be all in." What do you tell me more about the "be all in"? Does it mean that you know you're all in for all your time? You're a hundred percent going to grow this till you. You did mention we don't want people falling over and you know crashing and burning when you talk about stretching. So, the "be all in" thing. How does that? How does how do you square the circle on "be all in" and have an outside life and health and fitness and and family life. It's exactly on that point, I think. The reason it's essential is that scale-ups are so demanding. Most of them fail. If we're going to make it work, it's really demanding. And so for me as a human being, I won't let anyone be in such a demanding environment 
unless it's also going to pay dividends for them in their own life, with their own family, with their own plans. And I think they can only be all in if we've if we've managed to get that that combination. Um, I, I never talk about work life balance. I th- it's just not a useful concept. Work life combination, yes. And this is yeah, this is where I am with being all in. Do we understand how being in this scale up team is going to be equally powerful for the individual and their whole life? as it is going to be for the team and the company. Because if we find that combination, and I guess there's a third a third element here as well, do we know our person well enough that we've got them in their zone of genius? Yeah, and this really is a passion topic uh, as well as their area of, of expertise. It brings them to life, it energises them, it really naturally releases their you know their their big potential these are the things i'm i'm looking for in order that somebody can be all in and what i absolutely do not mean by it is um you know if i see you bringing a a sleeping bag to the office or find it under your desk uh well then you'll be out that's not being all in actually you know that's lowballing it that's neglecting all of those other things in your life. Maybe, Ian, this is um, a good point for me to talk about my non-negotiables for myself because uh, maybe they explain that. My my three non-negotiables, again, I only allowed myself three for, for this, this podcast. They're quite different to the ones I would have for my team and I imagine quite often that's not going to be the case. You'll find that somebody's personal non-negotiables are the same for their, for their team. But my three personal non-negotiables uh number one is is wellness both mental and physical and the reason is that i need to take care of that if i'm going to be able to uh to focus and give my most and have the impact that i can have it starts with with my wellness actually yeah and so that's behind the being all in in the team as well uh they've got to be taking care of their wellness that can only happen if we've taken care of what this role contributes both in work and out of work for that person. Uh, so wellness is my my first one. My second one, passion. The reason for passion uh, is that zone of genius bit. If I work in my zone of genius, I'm passionate, I'm energised and never drained by my, my work. I look forward to it every day. Like this morning, I woke up, who am I seeing this morning? Who, who am I coaching with this morning? It's Cedric. Great. I love working with Cedric. Can't wait to hear what's been going on for Cedric for the last uh, four weeks uh, since he and I last last spoke and what's coming up. And yeah, and I look forward to it. It's because I'm in my zone of, zone of genius. Um, it's also the place where I know I will naturally pick ambitious goals. Yeah. And they also keep me energized. I know it's a place where I will naturally do learning as well. Maximising ambitious goals and learning. I mean, I could have popped those down there really as non-negotiables, but I think passion is is the real one. And my third one is empathy. And for me, back in my managing director role, this was the one that people used to tell me about uh, afterwards. Um, hey, Ben, great to see you. Do you know what? When you were here, 
it was all about the people. You made the company about us, is is what they said. It was lovely to hear, and I was a bit relieved to hear it because <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that I knew my non-negotiables so clearly at the time. But empathy for me uh, speaks to one of my core values about other people. But also, you know, empathy demands curiosity. Um, yeah, to kill a mockingbird, Atticus Finch, uh, he said to to scout, uh, if you can learn a, a simple trick, uh, scouts, you'll get along a lot better with all kinds of folks. You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb inside his skin and walk around in it. And in business, I think it's so important, you know, we need to understand our our customers and our prospective customers from their inside out. Uh, with our people, we need to understand them from their inside out again. Can't be all in if we haven't done that. Well, now it makes complete sense for me. Now you've now you've said what the personal ones are. I get the I get. There's this lovely balance of uh, looking after the person, doing what you know, being in the right seat on the bus is the passion piece in a way. Is that you know you've got to have people who are passionate about what they are doing to get in their zone of genius, as you've said. So that's a personal one, and I imagine it transfers a little bit to what you're looking at around the table, and in a sense. So actually, what I was going to ask you is, you know, we talked about the fact that businesses don't write these down and that we we kind of, we know them. Sometimes they're implicit. Sometimes, sometimes we'll make decisions based on them. Therefore, they will become quite explicit. But would you have told people what your personal non-negotiables at the time when you, when, when you were running a business, what these were, even if they were slightly different from, you know, the empathy one? Because that would have been very useful to me to think, OK, we're all in. But you know what? It starts from wellness. And I would have gone, OK, I get that balance. Yeah. So at the time, I didn't. However, I'd not thought about this enough at the time. But in hindsight, I can see that my non-negotiables were absolutely there and for the most part people knew it Mm, mm -hmm. because we lived it every day but there's a couple I wish that actually I had been clearer about because in articulating them you really clarify exactly what you do and you don't you don't mean don't you Uh, if it was today absolutely I would explain my non-negotiables for the team it would be a conversation a conversation we have often and if asked or if helpful, I'd explain my my own non-negotiables. The reason I might not broadcast those, if, if you like, routinely explain them, is I don't want people to think that my non-negotiables for me are also non-negotiables for them, which of course would be so easy to happen, wouldn't it, if you're, if you're a senior leader? Because I want them to know what their own non-negotiables are. Ah, but the team ones, those are non-negotiables in the team. But what a powerful exercise to sit there with your team members in a leadership team and say, let's discuss what our personal non-negotiables are and let's discuss as a team what we believe to be our team non-negotiables. Yeah, if we don't know, or maybe yeah, maybe you do know, in which case let's check that we're following the non-negotiables or maybe... I think they're really clear, but we've never taken the time to to write them down. So let's do that right now. Exactly. I, I think, you know, as we're going through this, I'm thinking it's a, a fab thing to do. So uh, where are we, Ben? What's left on your list to talk about today? I think I just want to mention 
Martha Lane Fox. Because her two non-negotiables might be passion and purpose. And I'm not going to say any more about it. I just want to end there because that's so, such a, got a different feel to it to Elon's, who I also love. Uh, so I thought I'd just uh, just bring Martha Lane Fox in Passion and Purpose. Yeah, no, I think that's great, and it does it does give us a contrast, which tells you, do you know what? You don't have to follow anyone in this. You just have to sit down because I think these are very personal. I think, as you've said, they come from the heart. They come from feelings. And we want to belong to a team that when we rock up and we, we exhibit the beliefs and, and the, uh, the actions that follow that and the values we have and the non-negotiables, we want to feel that everyone else is, is broadly pretty much aligned to that and we feel comfortable in there being who we are. And that will bring out the best of us, our passions, or get us into the zone of genius and so on. So this is such a critical thing to get right as our values for different re- slightly different reasons. But such an important thing what a great conversation thanks Ian yeah it's been good Ben thanks again and uh, see you soon see you soon